the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the fear of the Lord, there are many blessings that are attached to this one truth, if we will but fear the Lord and walk in His ways. We're exploring some of those benefits next, here on Abounding Grace. When it comes to the blessings of fearing the Lord, Psalm 128 lays out for us an amazing set of these blessings. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life, and may you see your children's children. Peace be unto Israel. Now that is an amazing psalm, one we are exploring here today on Abounding Grace as Pastor Gary Wagner continues our series, What is a Godly Marriage? Join us, Psalm 128. Here's Pastor Gary and today's Abounding Grace. Christian conduct is not as ultimate as Christian character. What you are in Christ should be a greater concern to you than how you perform because if your ultimate concern is your relationship with God and your likeness to Him, then you will perform well. What else can I say about this fruit? No passage that I know of in the Bible gives more insight into what it means for a wife and a mother to be a fruitful vine Then Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. What a woman she is. Spend time meditating on this Proverbs 31 woman. She is God-fearing, which is the main thing that stands out about this woman. She is God-centered and focused. She possesses a growing and adoring awareness of the glory of God. God is everything to this woman. As Wayne Mack says, her motivating force, her strength, her hope, her counselor, the secret of her fruitfulness is not her dynamic personality, her strong will, her physical beauty, her pleasant situation, her unusual resources, her good training, or her natural gifts. Her admirable and productive life flows out of her vital, deep, intimate relationship with the triune God. As she has made knowing of God the number one priority, she has discovered a new sense of meaning, acceptance, power, and security. She is much more fulfilled. Even when the husband is thankless or cold or inattentive, she still has fulfillment and a sense of acceptance and purpose and power. And she's able to be a fruitful vine, productive and very desirable in the life of her husband and her children because of that vital, deep, personal, daily relationship that she maintains with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is out of that relationship that her useful life flows, unquote. 
So do not get so caught up in all the details of the life and all the hectic activity of the day and taking care of your husband and house and children that you ever neglect the Lord. Because if you neglect your own personal relationship with Christ, everything else will come caving in on you. This Proverbs 31 woman is not only God-centered, she is family-oriented. She doesn't neglect her family to do other things such as a career or hobbies. Being a family-oriented person, she, like Jesus, her Savior, is more concerned with serving her family and her husband than being served by them. And that, by the way, husband and children does not excuse you from serving her. She constantly ministers to a family out of the fullness of a relationship to Almighty God. God keeps her spiritually strong. Remember, Christ is the vine and she knows who she is. She knows where she has got to be. Apart from that relationship with Christ, she will shrivel. But she knows that even though she is weak in and of herself, The strength that Christ gives her in that close relationship makes her strong to minister and minister and minister and minister when no one ministers to her. For the married woman, the family is to be the most outstanding ministry of her entire life. The contributions she makes cannot be overestimated. And dear sisters, I plead with you. Do not ever pay any attention at all to anyone who denigrates the crucial importance of your role as wife and mother. A fruitful vine woman, in other words, is a woman of nobility. She is a woman of great dignity, a woman of noble character. Proverbs 31 says, an excellent wife who can find. Beloved, they are rare. For her worth is far above jewels. Her personal relationship with Jesus Christ and her deep reverence for God have produced in her this nobility of character. Because she is God-oriented and family-oriented, the godly woman is a powerful influence in her home, far more powerful than she realizes. Even when she is physically sick, she can be a powerful influence in her church, in her greater family, and in her community. She is truly a valuable and desirable, fruitful vine. Now, look at what our text says about children. Your children like olive plants around your table, verse 3. And then in verse 5 it says, you will see your children's children. Now before we talk about the figure of speech that's used with reference to children, let's just talk for a moment about about the parenting of children. In Genesis 1 and 2, the bearing and raising of children under the blessing of God is one of the purposes for which God instituted marriage. Pray that God would make your marriage, in a sense, fruitful. The Bible says, and God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It is originally God's will for marriages to produce children. That's why the Bible tells us in the psalm that precedes this one, that we're studying, Psalm 127, that children are a gift of the Lord, that every conception, planned by you or not, every conception is God's gracious gift to you. And that is just not an emphasis in the Old Testament, that that also continues on in the New Testament. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says, I want you younger widows to get married. Why? To bear children, to keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. In Titus 2, verse 4, Paul encourages young women to do two things. Love their husbands, go out and get a career. No, no career. Love their husbands and love their children. So I say to you, Beware of unbiblical reasons for not having children. These unbiblical reasons are rooted in such things as unbelief and in the unbelief in the promises of God, fear, materialism, self-centeredness, and even peer pressure. At the same time, bear in mind that some godly couples do not have children for God-honoring reasons. A person might be in a ter- temporarily dangerous situation that would make it treacherous to have children because of illnesses or for a pregnant wife, for that woman to be pregnant. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 7. Or perhaps some godly people are physically unable to have children. That does not mean that barrenness is a sign of God's curse because remember, the Bible teaches us time and time again, it is God who opens and shuts the womb. Nevertheless, beloved, it is a privilege and a blessing to have children. Look at verses 3 and 4 of our text. Your children are like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall a man be blessed who fears the Lord. Look at Psalm 127, verses 3 and 5. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. When God gives a husband and his wife children, he is giving them one of the most important, most precious, most rewarding, and most challenging blessings they can ever enjoy. Why? Because in giving children to a marriage, God, the Creator and Redeemer, is providing that husband and that wife with the calling to raise another human being for him to build a life through which God may be glorified and that great things may be accomplished for the benefit of God's people into the future. Have you ever wondered how God is going to use your children, parents? What are they going to be? Who are they going to marry? The extensive nature of their influence in this world. God put that child in your care to raise him or her up so they would be a great instrument in his hands for the advancement of his kingdom on this earth. Now, why are children here called olive plants? A wife is a fruitful vine and the children are olive plants. Well, the olive tree was one of the most important trees in Palestine. In the Old Testament, it's described as the king of all the trees. Paul even describes the church as an olive tree planted by God himself. Olive oil was important in the daily life of Israel. It was used to consecrate priests and to consecrate kings. It was used for fuel and food. It was used in the sacred lamps that were in the tabernacle and in the temple in Jerusalem. So when God describes children of believers as olive plants, he's emphasizing how valuable and precious they are and that parents should obviously have a high regard for them just as Jesus has a high regard for them, sinners though they are. They are olive plants, which means they are to be viewed by you as valuable and precious just like the olive trees were in the Old Testament. 
But that means you tell them and you show them that they are valuable and precious to you. Not just a thing to be used to help you clean the house and cut the grass because you can't or don't want to do it yourself. But they are persons whom you love and whom you consider to be a valuable aspect of your home. How can you impress them with their value and their importance as olive plants? Compliment them. Now, just like we do in ourselves, you can find all kinds of things to criticize them for. But if all you do is criticize your children, even if your criticism is justified, they will grow up and they will hate you for it. You can be a godly man and read the Bible every day, come to church and bring your children and teach them the doctrines of the truth. But if you do not point out to them, but I mean, if you do point out to them their failures and their weaknesses and their criticisms and they're not offset with abundant compliments, even if you have to look hard for them, two things will happen to your sons and your daughters. One, they'll hate you because they will live their lives starving to death for a compliment that you never gave them, or they'll just give up trying to please you because they think, well, he doesn't, he, all he does is criticize, so I'm not even going to try to any longer. And just start early. When you have a child and this young girl loves you and she's sitting at the table and she's painting you a picture and there's more watercolor on the table and the floor than there is on the picture, go in. And overlook all the watercolor everywhere else. And you tell her what a wonderful picture she painted for you and how much you love her for it. Then you tell her how to be neater. And you help her clean up the mess. But if you go in and the first thing you do is complain, sweetheart, you've got this every way. Why do you have to be so messy? Guess what she's not going to do? She will not paint out of her love for you any more pictures for you. And if she does not paint any more pictures for you, you have lost the game, my friends. So make sure your children know they are highly valuable olive plants. Be completely biblical in your attitude toward them. You as parents must realize that your children have potential for great wickedness. Why? Because they're your children. Don't ever forget who your children's parents are. You must look to Jesus Christ in faith as you swore in the vows you took when you had them baptized. You must look to Christ for their continuing salvation, just as you do for your own. You must recognize that your parental responsibilities require diligence because your children belong to God. From time to time, they are, from the time they are conceived in in your womb, God says, I will be a God to you and your children after you. They belong to Him. They are on the same level that you are before God. Therefore, you must be diligent in raising them the way that He wants must understand that your children, just like you, need constant daily forgiveness of sins and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit in their life. They need the help of the Holy Spirit to reach their full potential as olive plants around your table. Understand that they are, per- they are persons of great value despite all of their weaknesses that they probably inherited from you. Listen to Wayne Mack. 
What this means is your children should be important to you, not primarily because they are yours, but because they are persons made in God's image and are God's gift to you. Let your thinking be gripped by the realization that each of your children is destined to live forever. Recall that he or she has the potential to do immense good or immense evil. Being olive plants, your children have great potential. Olives were used in many ways in ancient Israel. They were used for light and food and consecration, rituals and cosmetics, medicine, a commodity of exchange. The olive trees were symbols of prosperity and peace and beauty. The trees were noted for their beauty, and their wood was used for fuel and for building construction. And when the olive plant failed, olive crop failed, it was an economic disaster for the whole nation. The use of this figure then in describing your children as olive plants means that you should have high expectations for your children, but expectations that are consistent with their gifts, their talents, and their strengths and their stage of development, which means you fathers and mothers must be familiar with and know things about them after having observed them and meditated upon them. And fathers, that does not mean when we say you should have high expectations for your children, that you must try and have your children live the kind of life that you missed out on living. Fathers do that, you know. You say, I wanted to be a great ball football player, but I never was. But my son's going to be. I don't care what it takes. I didn't make the best grades in school, but my son will because I regret it, and I'm going to make him live my life. Father, I want you to notice something. It says, your children are olive plants, not olive branches. You are not the vine. Oh, they are the branches. But they are branches grafted into Christ. Therefore, you must not try to make that branch look like you. <clears throat> they are the, their own little plants. And notice, you must watch that plant grow. And learn what strengths it has that you don't have and nurture those strengths. Learn what weaknesses he or she has that you don't have. Learn what interest he or she may have that you may or may not have. And then use all of the wisdom that God makes available to you to bring that plant up, to be its own, to live before God faithfully. On the other hand, Although you know the weaknesses and the limitations and the gifts and the talents are greater or smaller in your children than in you, don't ever underestimate your children. Don't ever underestimate the God-given potential that they have. Encourage your children to believe that with God's help, they can make important contributions to the kingdom of Christ in this world, even now at whatever stage of development they find themselves because it's not exactly true when you tell your children you're preparing for life. That's not exactly right. They are living life right here and now with all of the joys and the sorrows and the heartaches and the complexities and the temptations and decisions. Your little children are living life now. You are preparing them for adulthood, but they are living life right here and now. Teach them that they can even now, at whatever stage that they're in, make contributions to the kingdom of Christ. But don't ever forget all the plants need careful and constant attention to bear olives. Wayne Mack said, 
The soil around them must be frequently plowed. They need water and fertilizer. They are best warm in warm and sunny situations. Learn from this the importance of giving your children diligent care. Do your utmost to bring them up in the nurture and instruction and discipline of the Lord. Be diligent in teaching them God's word in structured and in spontaneous situations. Be generally and attractively spiritual in your lifestyle. Make your entire life a living epistle to your children of God's truth. Provide an environment in your home that is conducive to the development of godly character and godly conduct. Make yourself and your home an enjoyable place to be. Seek to eliminate from yourself and from your home anything that would hinder fruitfulness and spiritual growth. Unquote. If olive trees are to bear fruit, they require constant attention. Now, there's one other phrase I want you to look at in describing your children. It's not simply that they are olive plants, but they are olive plants around your table. You are not to live, and don't let them live in isolation from the rest of your family. Whatever you do, don't let your children walk around all day with earphones on. That is one of the dumbest things that you can allow your children to do. Don't let your children live in isolation from your table, from your family. They are to live and thrive around your table, committed to your family, feeling one with the family where everyone helps and receives help from each other. Take careful note, too, Father, particularly, that your children are to sit around your table. You are the one who is responsible for providing the education and developing your child's character in life. Brothers, don't let your children ever, ever, ever sit at the state's table. Your children do not belong to the state of California or the United States of America. Don't do as most parents in America today and perpetuate the slavery of their children to the state by training them that it's okay to depend upon the handouts and scholarships and instruction and counsel from the civil government. Teach them to be free men and women in Christ. Raise them to be free in Christ and to look to the state for one thing and one thing only, and that is to protect them from lawless criminals. When you teach your sons and daughters to be slaves of the state, you will have your sons and daughters who will be more loyal to the state than they are to you and God, because slaves, after all, are closely attached to their masters. The picture of children as all the plants around your table conveys the idea of fellowship and loyalty. It suggests family cohesiveness and togetherness. And Wayne Mack says, all of this assumes that the father will spend time with his wife and with his children. After all, their being around your table implies that you are there as well. You can't know the needs of your children unless you give them your focus and attention. You've got to study them and listen to them and talk to them and play with them. Think about them and pray over them if you're going to know what provision they need from your table, unquote. Charles Spurgeon once spoke of a poor man who said, I am rich in nothing but children. Children well-trained will be known in their worlds for their integrity and for their courage and for standing what is right. 
They will actively oppose and they will refute evil which left unopposed would oppose what their godly father stood for and lived by. Are you making your children sharp Christian arrows and shooting them into the future effectively, dads? <clears throat> May God grant the families of RHC that they be comprised of husbands and fathers who fear the Lord as mighty warriors of Christ with wives and mothers who also are mighty warriors for Christ and who are appreciated by their husbands as fruitful vines, and with children who are treated by their parents as gifts from God and who are olive plants around their father's table and who are sharp, straight arrows shot into the bullseye of the future. That is the family of a man who fears the Lord. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.